Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we're looking at our epistle reading for the week, which is 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. And this reading is about anticipating Christ. Christians are a people who are, in a sense, awake before everyone else. We know the sunrise is coming. Paul is describing Christ's second coming, and he doesn't tell us when Jesus will come, but how. It'll be in a sudden and unexpected way. The coming of the day of the Lord is a theme in this letter. But the calling is not merely to sit around and wait for that future day. It is to live now as children of the light. Paul combines a bunch of different images here. He mixes metaphors. He's got a thief in the night. He's got labor pains. He's got a people staying awake for the new age that will dawn. Paul is telling the church that they must stay awake because of terrible things that are about to happen. And they also must stay awake because it will soon be dawn. And it's time to put away things you would do in the nighttime. The second theme that I mentioned there, the putting away of things you do in the night, is really the heart of this reading. Paul is talking about what it means to live as a day people, a daytime people, even though others still think it's night. So in a sense, Christians are anticipating the day of the Lord, but Christians are the day of the Lord, even now, in how we live. You might think about how jet lag affects international travelers. You may have arrived home late at night, but because of where you've come from, you still believe that it's daytime. Well, Christians are in the middle of the world's night, but we are a people led by the Spirit to live into the daytime. Paul uses these interesting terms, peace and security. Now, these were words uh, used as propaganda of the Roman Empire. They celebrated the achievements of Caesar Augustus who was said to have finally brought peace and security to the world. So Paul paints a picture of a people who've been numbed by this slogan, peace and security, peace and security, peace and security. They've been numbed by the assurances of the empire for peace and security. In fact, the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, had been established more than a half a century before Paul's time and offered Roman citizens an assurance of safety far beyond what the empire was actually able to deliver. Paul was writing this letter while Claudius was emperor, and Claudius's predecessor, Gaius Caligula, declared himself as God. Previous emperors had allowed the Jews to worship their God, but Caligula was contemplating taking the Jerusalem temple and converting it into a shrine that was focused around a statue of himself. Now, he failed to do this, and he was assassinated in AD 41, but he represented the divine claims of empire and the peace and security it promised once and for all. Paul is saying we shouldn't trust the imperial propaganda because the world will soon be thrown into convulsions. Now, I'm not sure if he foresaw it or not, but Jerusalem actually would be overrun and the temple would be destroyed by Titus's armies in 70 AD. Then in verse 4, he uses this phrase, but you, brothers and sisters. 
and it's intended to create a contrast. Those who trust in the empire and its propaganda live in the dark. But the children of God will not be surprised by the day of the Lord. The light has already dawned in Christ, and the Thessalonian Christians are already children of light. They are already new creatures. Still they wait. The important thing to remember is that you are the children of light and to live into it. Live as the children of light that you already are. Night is the time for sleeping, but it's also the time for drunken parties, according to Paul. So the concept at this time, the concept of sobriety was often used metaphorically. So you're a sober people or a daytime people. What does it mean to be a daytime people? It means to be awake and to be sober. Roman guards and other kinds of night watchmen like shepherds were the only people who stayed awake at night other than those engaging in drunken parties. Being a daytime people also means putting on appropriate clothing. Because of what the world is about to face, Paul tells the church to put on their armor. We are reminded of the full armor of God, which we see in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. But here, Paul only mentions the defensive pieces, the breastplate and the helmet. Faith and love are the breastplate to ward off frontal attacks. Now, judgment is a challenging concept for us. We're so often resistant to even talking about it. But in our world, we're not really resistant to justice. We are, are hesitant about judgment, but not justice. Everybody wants justice. But both judgment and justice have this sense of putting right. We all want the world put right. The major question is, who's doing the pudding? <laughs> Can we trust in God's judgment? Can we trust in God to put things right? If God is good, then his judgment can be trusted. In fact, it's imperative that we lean into his judgment for our own restoration. The church longs for judgment because we look at the world and we know it is not as it should be. And we don't just need little fixes here and there. We need the kind of overhaul that only God can bring. Jesus, then, is the agent of salvation, Paul says, and the hope of salvation is found only in him. We are able to live together with him because he died for us. So as Christians, our identity in the Messiah is our defense against a dark world. No matter what happens, we belong to him. In him is a security on which the empires of the world could never deliver. So the call is to hold fast to faith and you will find the hope and strength you need. Paul's command ends in a really interesting way. His command there at the end is to encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So to me, when I read this reading, it seems like Paul's talking about these big picture things, the coming of the Lord, darkness and light. But then he kind of wraps up this section by saying, so yeah, encourage one another. <laughs> build each other up, which to me seems like super practical, like everyday kind of stuff. But that's really the point. The calling to stay awake is not just about getting myself right, my individual self right. It's about being a community together, about encouraging one another, supporting one another, being the people of God. In fact, John Chrysostom writes, and I'll end with this, God, you know, does not wish Christians to be concerned only for themselves 
but also to edify others, not simply through their teaching, but also through their behavior and the way they live. After all, nothing is such an attraction to the way of truth as an upright life. In other words, people pay less attention to what we say than what we do. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.